everybody, it's Mike Erie with a tired Bonnie and an exhausted Tim. This is our third attempt at having this conversation. And I have, I, because we're recording this on the Sunday of, uh, we, we heard about the um, El Paso shooting Saturday night. And then we, um, and then we uh, woke up uh, to the Dayton, Ohio shooting. And it's just, I've been so heavy and so kind of weirdly emotional today. So I've ranted for two episodes that we've deleted uh, because there just weren't, it just wasn't very helpful. <laughs> I feel better. Tim is in a hot room uh, with no AC. And how hot is it up there right now in Auburn? Uh, it was in the high 90s today. Okay, yeah. So it, there's no ventilation and there's no air conditioning for Tim. And then, Bonnie, are you back? Are you back in your home? No, or are I'm you on vacation. Oh, that's right. You're in Cali. But you were in El Paso the day before all this went down. I was. We drove here. So we were in El Paso the day before. Ugh. So so here's here. I, I want to set the table, and then I, I will have a much less intense uh, conversation about this. <laughs> Um, cause I think I was offending, I was, I was literally trying to offend everybody on the planet. Um, I, so I think I'm calmer, but he, here's the thing. So, and, and other facts may come out. Um, so, so there are 51, uh, that have been shot. Um, what is it? 29, 29, that 29 that are dead. And, um, my goodness, I just sit and I go, yeah, 29 dead, 53 others injured as young as two and as old as 82. And, and then, yeah, Bonnie, you just mentioned, um, the, what happened in Chicago, uh, which hasn't gotten the, nearly the same sort of press. And so, um, I think there is a collective, uh, uh, like enraged helplessness, that we all feel. Um, and then you add another layer to it, at least the, the El Paso case, it seems like this was racially motivated. This seems like this was a, this guy was a white nationalist who wrote, um, so he wrote a manifesto. And so, you know, why should, why, why should the devil have all the good manifestos? Jesus wrote a better one, um, called the Sermon on the Mount, but it was, it was, it was, um, Oh, I'm trying to find it. Shoot. Uh, he, he said something. He, he was doing this as, um, oh, shoot. Let me find it. Hold on. Play the, play the um, Jeopardy music. Oh, yeah, here it is. I want to um, play your crickets instead. Do the crickets. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, this is from the killer's manifesto. This attack is a response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. They are the instigators, not me. I'm simply defending my country from cultural and ethnic replacement brought on by an invasion. Now, um, there, there, folks were quick to notice that some of this language has been echoed by our current president. There's a clip floating around the, uh, the interwebs of... A rally in Texas uh, where he's calling this an invasion and he, you know, asks rhetorically, it's kind of what should we do to stop these people? And evidently someone in the crowd yells, shoot them. And everyone has a hearty laugh. And uh, until this guy who drives nine hours to do just that. So um, 
So there's a whole lot sitting here. And I guess what I want to talk about today is what are all the ways we should not respond to this, <laughs> right? There, we're, I want to get to ways that we can and should respond, but I think there are a whole host of ways that are really not effective ways for Jesus people um, to operate out of. Does that make sense? So these, these are the, these are the, this is Mike and maybe Bonnie and Tim, but we're not sure if they will even agree. This is Mike's list of how not to respond to this latest shooting. All right. Um, number one, um, I'm going to throw out, uh, we should not respond by saying thoughts and prayers. Um, first of all, that well-worn cliche, um, is, is, <laughs> I think does more harm than good. Um, and I read this quote by, uh, Miroslav Volf today. And, and again, I don't know where it's from. It's on social media, so I know it's true. Um, <laughs> Uh, and even if he didn't say it, this is what I, I believe. There is something deeply hypocritical about praying for a problem you are unwilling to resolve. Mm. And and so I feel like just the, the very standard Christian, hey, our thoughts are with El Paso and Dayton and we're praying. And, and but believe me, I'm a huge prayer guy. Like I believe prayer changes things and I'm not denigrating prayer in any way. I'm just saying is as, as a way to... Uh, as a way for Jesus followers to comment as our country is mourning, I think it's lost any effectiveness. And um, I, I think instead speaks to what Wolf is getting at, which is um, which God isn't looking for people to sit passively by uh, who pray for things that they actually have say over. Now, we might not have say over um, national policy, or we might not have say over uh, you know, things in Washington, D.C. Uh, but we have say over how we run our house and how we treat uh, the others in our lives and how, how, who we share meals with. And, and, and so I feel like, um, and then we have a say, obviously at the ballot box, we have a say in our political discourse. Um, so, so I don't think thoughts and prayers is a worthy inclusion into the standard, here's how Christians should respond when national tragedy hits. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. Absolutely. Mike's number two, and I'm literally making these up as we go. <laughs> number two way not to respond is by just repeating political memes and partisan talking points to each other in a shout fest. I, I, my personal opinion is that it's predictable and it's as predictable as the mass shootings that are happening and the fact that nothing ever changes, right? The, the, the willingness of Jesus followers to write other Jesus followers off because of disagreement politically. Now, I'm not talking about disagreement over murder, right? Any Jesus follower knows that racism, that nationalism, that white nationalism and supremacy, that is totally and fundamentally opposed to the work of God in the world. It is anti-Christ. It is, it is incompatible with Jesus following. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't people who start that way and who re get redeemed into something much better, but it does mean that Jesus will never, ever, 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 ever land on the side of, of uh, denigrating the Imago Dei in another person. You just never will. I mean, you can't, right. that, that should be baseline. But then 
even though that should be baseline, the, the conversation immediately drifts into partisan talking points about gun control, not about gun control. It's a sin problem. It's not a sin problem. Guns don't kill people, you know, and, and, and it's just the same rehash. And, and so one of the things I don't think that, that helps is the same rehashing of the memes and the talking points that, um, that have been shared, you know, every, every big shooting that happens. I just don't think it's not that there isn't truth there. It's, it's that I think Jesus followers have to play by an entirely different set of rules and have an entirely different set of aims than just reinforcing the fractured and divisive politics of our age. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> this is way more agreement than I got in the last two episodes that we deleted. So literally, I'm, I'm literally just having this conversation with Bonnie and Tim and the rest of you are, they've been putting up with my nonsense for an hour, an hour. I kind of want to just put like little, like five second clips from the previous two recordings at the end of this one is like, a just to, just to see the, like the angsty mic ramp down. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, evidently I needed to, to, to work some stuff through. I should have gone to therapy before this recording. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so so I don't think those are two good ways. Third way I don't think is helpful is a passive um, uh, people are always going to be sinful and um, there's nothing really we, we can do to change things. I don't think that is in any way the kingdom way either. Like I hear right. that sometimes from people um, who, who are just like, listen, evil's always going to be with us. No matter how much we legislate, you can't legislate an evil heart. And to some degree, I agree with that, that sin is sin. But then I look at what other countries have done. Um, and I'm like, well, it seems like there is something we could do. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't understand why we can't even have sensible conversation. I mean, the fact that Jesus followers who, who all agree that, that every single person is made in the image of Imago Dei or in the image of God um, can't sit down and say, okay, I'm, I'm really worried about the government taking my guns, um, but I, I realize the status quo can't, can't continue. And progressives who are like, who would in a, in a heartbeat ban everything, come to the table and say, you know, I realize the vast majority of gun owners are, are peaceful and good and da, da 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 I mean, it would just, there has to be something that overrides our either love or hatred of this stuff in order to sit down and have meaningful conversation. And I'm just saying the church needs to be that place. But what instead it is, it just often just echoes the same points that, that are everywhere else. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. Yes. So, so thoughts and prayers. Not recommending. No, think, sure, and pray, absolutely. But I wouldn't announce that. Um, it just seems so token these days. Um, secondly, uh, whatever my second point was, I agree with that. And then the third point, <laughs> I didn't write any of these down because I'm making them up. And the third point is um, th this, this, we're not to be passive in the face of this. Right. right? We, we live, we have the privilege to live in a kingdom of the world that gives us say-so. And um, I think it's important that we exercise our say-so in Jesus-y ways, which means we don't get to write off our political opponents. We don't get to not love our enemies. We don't get to not bless those who persecute us, right? I mean, I think I like, I, I, I feel like that has to be said because no one believes that we should actually do that as Jesus followers, 
right? That, that you can actually engage right. in political discourse and have strong political opinion and so honor other people. Now, I'm not talking about honoring the killer. I'm not talking about any of that. I just mean as we talk about this stuff and how we need to fix this stuff and why does my kids have to go through active shooter training now, that, like there has to be a space in our culture where people who agree on something much more important can come together and at least process ways forward uh, on something that we would agree is massively important. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what about you guys? What do you guys think? Is there anything you would add to the list of how not to respond? Um, and again, I mean, we're not saying this from any position of expertise or whatever. I was just thinking about it today, like, because I'm driving to where how we should respond. And that sort of brings me back to, okay, well, what are the ways that I'm tempted to, but I don't think are a very helpful way. So Bonnie, you got, you got anything? I want to say that as a Jesus follower, we're not allowed to step out of the arena. Yes. So we're not allowed to say that's not my problem. Yes. I don't own a gun or I don't have kids in school or I don't. I'm not racist. I'm not racist. Yeah, exactly. That's not my problem. So therefore I don't have to do anything. Mm. I like that. Tim, your thoughts on Bonnie's thoughts. Mine are similar to that. I think, uh, we were, I, it's always, it, it enrages me every time I go to church on Sunday morning and, uh, atrocities like this are not even mentioned. Yeah. Mm. And it's just been a thorn in my side for a while at the church. I was at in Pasadena for a while. We started doing this thing called prayers of the people where somebody got up and, and we played this very specific, very simple worship song in between someone praying about at like, current big issues in a very nonpartisan way, just praying about the actual suffering of the issue and stuff. And it was, I thought it was profound. It, was, mm. it became like yeah. a, a huge piece of church for me. So it really bothers me when the church just doesn't even re- like react. Right. It kills yeah. me. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. And, and let's just take a, t- let's push that just a little deeper because I mean, I can hear people, you know, uh, social justice is a threat and we shouldn't take church service to deal with those things. And um, I, I personally could could not disagree more with the sentiment that says that this isn't directly in the business of the gospel. And we are given the ministry of reconciliation. We have great and good news to proclaim in the middle of all this stuff and hard news, um, you know, as, as Jesus confronts our idolatries. Um, and I just think what a wasted opportunity for, for people who are desperately looking for a coherent story to live by, um, Mm -hmm. to, to, to rob them of any framework to process this outside of Republicans, bad Democrats, good, or gun control, good, non-gun control, bad. I mean, okay, but, but that's, there's a bigger framework to operate within. So I absolutely, absolutely agree with you. You can't step out of the arena. I think that's really well said you two. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And I also don't think, I read one infamous Christian commentator that said, hey, maybe maybe God allows this to happen to drive us back to him. Hmm. And, and I'm like, well, uh, so, so when you're raped, um, uh, God's allowing that to happen so that you, the rape E, uh, are driven back to God. I mean, that really, but is that, I just like, why do we have to believe in a God that is like, I'm just going to always cause awful things so that people see me. <laughs> like, why can't I know. the script be flipped? Why can't it be the beautiful thing? Like, where are we getting that from? 
Oh man, is that a, that is a religious hangover for from two hundred years of all kinds oh, of stuff. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, well, and and it's so funny. None of us would raise our kids that way. And and, and again, we're not the model. But Jesus even points to this. He says, "If you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more?" <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So so I think as Jesus followers, we're not allowed to just be cliche, and just write thoughts and prayers and think we're done. I right. don't think I don't think we we offer simplistic answers that this is hey this is just a sin problem, because it seems like it's not a sin problem in other countries. Um, it seems like there is a way to to help, uh, and we should explore that. Um, right. I, I think the other way we should not respond is by claiming our constitutional rights uh, over and against um, the privilege we have as Jesus followers to. Um, to give up our rights for the sake of others, right? I mean, there is this central, Gombas has talked about it a ton, the central passage, here's how you treat other people, right? Just the same way that Jesus Christ, who emptied himself, he didn't claim his privileges. I mean, it just seems like if you're going to argue, hey, we should yell and shame women going into abortion clinics because we could save one child, then you got to make the argument the other way, that if common sense gun control, even though it might infringe on our constitutional freedom, and I'm not even sure it does, but let's say it did, <laughs> even, even if it did, wouldn't we rather... Um, do that if it would save one save freaking one kid. one's kid. And so I think the, the worst way to respond is to say, um, hey, uh, no, you, as a Jesus follower, no better come, nobody better come and take my guns. Um, I just think that's idolatry. That is, and, and I have my own idols. Guns aren't one of them. But um, I, I don't think our constitutional rights equal biblical rights. And, um, and so I think the... Uh, I think that if, if there are measures that would actually help, um, I, I think that Jesus followers, even if we have guns, should be at the head of the line, uh, willing right. to compromise for the sake of the one. Right. That's my personal opinion. I know people disagree with that. Um, and I'd love to have a reasonable conversation with somebody that just says, well, here's why, here's why I need my guns. And I'm, I, I, I have... I have uh, my old, my, my dad's old, uh, he was a police detective, so I have his old pistol. And, um, and it's never, so I have one, so I have to say that, I have one. Um, but uh, I have a uh, katana blade that's inside of a bam- bamboo pole. Dude, that's going to be so handy I for zombies. Like <laughs> 80 Nerf guns. There you go. That. That will be very handy when you babysit children. <laughs> I don't have to babysit. I so, have children. So right now, <laughs> again, that I'm in my thirties. Right now, <laughs> you have children, Bonnie. Jeez. Um, uh, so to your point, though, what about also a conversation of why do you need certain guns? Right. Right, right, right. Why? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. You're saying get rid of everything. I think you're saying like, let's have a. Why do you need these ones that continually? Are killing people in mass shootings. Well, well, they said the Dayton guy. They said they shot the Dayton guy thirty seconds in, and he still killed nine people. Right. And so, so the whole like, hey, if we just have good people there with guns, this will dissuade bad people with guns. I'm like, well, no, I'm not sure that that's going to work. But again, I don't want to get focused on policy because there are some Jesus loving people. 
who absolutely will argue for again against gun control and i and and i don't think this is this goes back to that second point i don't think just shouting talking points at each other is the way jesus people need to to press forward on this um but okay so so if that's how not to um then then how would you i mean this doesn't that tim you have a pensive look on your face what are you thinking about right there <laughs> i was thinking about um shouting or shaming people going into abortion clinics or whatever or and if that's comparable to shaming people out of guns and it's like i just don't i just don't well, want to approach it that way at all like i i it's like what's the point of shouting and shaming i remember there was these women at our church a long time ago and it was a conservative church and they started a a place that helped counsel and get and walk alongside of young women or just women in general who are pregnant and thinking about having abortions mm-hmm. and just kind of being involved in their lives and giving them a showing them an alternate route if they decided to take the other route holding their hand through that but like being involved in these women's lives and i was like and i think i mentioned this before in a previous episode that idea that jim wallace said about mlk changing the course of the wind yeah and like going ahead of the issue rather than just like beating your head against the issue like going to the beginning and trying to influence change at the at the root level like pulling the root out of it i just i'm not interested in the and i think you're saying this too the shouting and shaming and that kind of stuff it's just what it's just you know a bunch of screaming and exactly no results but, but here's the but both sides will justify it right and and what i'm what i'm trying to say is i don't think as jesus people speaking to other Jesus people, but speaking to anybody, but let's just keep it within the Jesus people thing that we get to write anybody off. And, right. um, and so when I, when I sit and I, I'm like, yes, of course we denounce white nationalism and we denounce murderers. Um, and, and we absolutely desire to, to bring heaven to earth so that there is no racism. Of course, all that's given. But there's still a sense in which if you, the way that you want to accomplish that is by hating white nationalists and being so angry at them, you cease um, uh, being able to uh, bless or pray for those who are your enemies, then I would suggest um, we've, we've lost the Jesus way, right? I mean, this was, the genu- this was the hardest part from what I understand of MLK's MO. Um, this was the thing that, that had to have been the hardest part. You have every justification in the world um, if, if you're that community to respond to violence with violence and to stand there and to insist on the nonviolent approach. I mean, it just is insane. And I would just, I, right. I just think Jesus is insane enough to, to, to sit anytime there's self-righteousness on the right or the left to sit and say, well, let me tell you the parable of the good white nationalist, um, right? Here's the person you say can never be your neighbor. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you about the story of the good white supremacist and go and do likewise, right? In the same way yeah. that Jesus, uh, there was this picture years ago of Jesus washing the feet of Osama bin Laden in a mall. And it was horribly offensive to conservative Christians, which I was like, come on, man, that's of course, of course, he freaking washed Judas's feet. Of course, right. all that is to say um, that there has to be a way in which we, as Jesus followers, even through the disagreements about how policy should be enacted, 
can sit down and and it, we should be like modeling for the world because we believe in the Imago Dei in every person and we believe that redemption is possible. We believe that sin is real and we believe that grace is true, right? It, it seems like we ought to be the community who should be able to figure out how to process this stuff in, in a way that moves us forward. And I just don't see it happen when all we're doing is doing sound bites towards each other. And, um, and you know, I mean, I just wish... I just wish that the, the Trump supporters could look at Trump and rebuke him. Imagine if Franklin Graham, um, you know, looked at, at Donald Trump and said, um, dude, this is way too far. You're talking about image bears. These are not people from shithole countries. These are not invaders. These are people to be respected with, to be treated with respect and dignity because they're made in the freaking image of God who would do anything for them. Um, right. uh, uh, you know, I mean, it'd have so much power if a, if freaking Republicans would not just be silent when Trump does this crap, because it just sounds like he's contributing and emboldening this stuff. And, and on the other side, I mean, if, if Trump, if, and when Trump does something good that to have progressive never Trumpers say, hey, you know, don't like the guy, but this was actually a good thing. Like that sort of ability to sift and sort beyond just the partisan labels is so sorely lacking. And I so want it for a community. You know what I mean? Dang it. Yeah. That's the thing that fires me up. So, so let's, let's go to, all right. So how should we respond? All right. If, if we've listed how not to, um, I'll throw, I'll start. And then you guys, uh, cause this whole conversation is, is new. And even though we've had an hour's <laughs> worth of previous conversation, it was me ranting. Um, which is so funny, Tim, you should not ever unearth those rantings. They were, <laughs> incoherent they were there were there there were cuss words <laughs> um uh but i feel so much better now um so okay that's awesome i was so like emotional like like whoa i didn't know where that was coming from um so how should we respond so my first my first thing is obviously we lament and lament means you tell the truth mm. lament doesn't mean you minimize it Lament doesn't mean you deny it. Lament doesn't mean you explain it away. Lament means you name it and you name it against the back view of a good and loving and powerful God who, who has said and who has acted, if you believe the scriptures, in a way that says he wants the good for humanity. In other words, lament, biblical lament, isn't, dude, freaking I'm over God because there's no way he would allow this. It's like, God, you're good and you're powerful and you've promised that you will bring about the restoration of all things. So why in the heck is this happening? Right? It's not, it is telling the truth against the backdrop of the beauty and the majesty of God. And if you, if you want laments, just read the freaking Psalms. They're just all over the place. Because we wouldn't lament, right? If God wasn't real, then why would we lament? It would just be the way the world is. But the fact that we mourn and the fact that we grieve and the fact that we protest and the fact that we're enraged, that is all echoing Imago Dei. That is all echoing the image of God in us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so lament is fundamental. It is one of the few unique things the church has to offer the world. A language and a story from within which to lament the senseless evil in our world. Does that make sense? Mm. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. And Bonnie is frozen again. We're just going to keep going, Tim. I can hear you. I think that one of the things that I've been thinking about is I saw a article today that said that there was a lot of families who were who's who had loved ones that were killed in El Paso who were afraid yes. to go be with their families because they were afraid of being caught and deported. Oh. And I just like blew my mind and I'm I'm just so I feel like I I want to like I lament, I grieve, but I also just like I don't know how to come alongside those folks who are just in an impossible place. Right. In, in an impossible level of grief that I don't understand. And and I think part of it as three white folks talking about this is just to just <laughs> denounce like there's not a piece of this that we we condone, we despise it. It's not Yeah. You know, I think a lot of white folks need to be more vocal about like no 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 no. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tim. I think that's beautiful. That's not to me that's way different from virtue signaling. To me, right. that is that is standing like I have dear friends and, you know, so much of Vox. You spoke there today, Bonnie. Uh, yeah. We're non-white folks. And um, and I think they need to hear like other voices saying you're not invaders. And and um, we don't feel um, like this is a cultural invasion. In fact, you know, the Great Commission was to uh, was for Jesus followers to go to the world. And we're so privileged in America that the world's coming to us. <laughs> and so, you know, there's just this this incredibly profound sense that the nations are coming and we have incredibly good kingdom work to do that. I don't mean just sit and evangelize and hand out tracts. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about introducing people uh, to uh, the flourishing kind of life that comes when communities gather around those that are marginalized uh, to really hear them and empower them and to support them. And uh, regardless of whether or not they buy what we're selling or not. Right. And so I absolutely, so lament, uh, I think is so absolutely critical, the protesting. And I, and I love what you're saying about just the speaking up, just saying, absolutely, this is awful. This is awful. Um, and it's so not Jesus. It's so not Jesus. And any element of the Christian movement that has been co-opted by white nationalism has to be repudiated quickly, repeatedly, and severely. Uh, all right, so that's a good one. Bonnie, do you have one to add to the list? Um, How should we respond? Well, I think... Um, keep going. Okay. Because I, I want to I pause there. I think what you said was... I'm still... like that, that really sunk into me when you said lament is telling the truth. Um, because that in itself is a call and an invitation and a responsibility. If we're going to grieve something, we have to name it and we have to call it out and we have to tell the truth about why it's sad or why we're grieving it. Yeah. And so I love that you said that. So that's sinking in for a minute. No, but that's that's true with our own personal confession, right? I mean, right. There, there's this big tradition in the in the Bible of confessing. And all that means is you're telling the truth. But it's against mm -hmm. the backdrop of this beautiful God. And because I, mean, I, I, I don't think we do that. I think we lament and something is sad and it's surfacy and it's not against the backdrop of a beautiful God. So I, lo I just love how you define that. Oh, well, thank you, Bonnie. You're welcome. You, in, in, in an hour and a half, that was maybe the first thing you've liked. <laughs> That's um, not true. <laughs> um, well, no, no, no. I was just I was speaking to the quality of the first couple of recordings. Now, 
they, these are going to go down in history as the like lost the B sides of the Vox <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> so so lament is one, and and lament also means um, that there is a place and time for our silence. And now I'm not saying, you know, because this is held in tension with Tim's point that like, hey, we do need to speak and we do need to show solidarity. But there is a time where we don't give easy, cliche, trite answers. That's part of what lament means. We just sit with it. Um, the Another thing I would say going forward is that the Church of Jesus has to be a place where people from every political persuasion can sit and disagree but still process under the lordship of Jesus. In other words... Um, when Jesus, you know, washed the feet of the disciples and here's a zealot and here's a tax collector and here's Judas that's going to betray him, there's something bigger than their dis political disagreements that's bringing them together. And the church, doggone it, has to be a place where that actually happens, right. where, where Trump supporters are comforted and challenged, where never Trumpers are comfortable or, or comforted and challenged. And they're not comforted and challenged on either direction because we're sitting having political discussions. They're comforted and challenged simply because we're looking at Jesus, realizing that wherever self-righteousness resides, he'd go after it, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If your guns are more important uh, than right. compassion for your neighbor, he'd call it out. If, if your being right is more important than allowing people to be in process and not loving them into their future... You know, he'd call that out. I mean, he just would call out both sides of the way we talk about this all the time. And again, I don't think that's a coward way. I'm not talking about a, a, a middle way between two extremes. I'm talking about an entirely different way of right. being in the world. And the church has to embrace it. Just, the church doesn't get to just Christianize political positions. That's not how it works, right? right? The church transcends this uh, in such a powerful way. I mean, Jesus was so clear, man. You know, um, I, I mean, he says it clearest in Luke, and these words kill me. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. In other words, the defining mark. So whenever you're called a child of something in the Bible, it means that you reflect the character of what you're a child of. So the, um, James and John were called sons of thunder. Uh, they were two disciples of Jesus who had tempers, and they were called Sons of Thunder because they embodied thunder. It's my metal uh, band name. The Sons of Thunder. <laughs> ah. um, so when, 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 when Jesus says, then you will be children of the Most High, and then he says, because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, be merciful as your Father is merciful. In other words, we don't get to write off groups of people. Now, that doesn't mean we don't stand against them. It doesn't mean we don't fight against their ideologies. Absolutely. But it means that as we're doing this, what's not supposed to happen is that we grow into anger, bitter people who could not, if ever confronted with somebody who actually believed the ideology we're, we're criticizing, I could not actually sit down and have a meal with them and, and respect the Imago Dei in them. Right. That's the goal. Right. That's what maturity looks like. Um, so so for me, I mean, the, the idea to begin to embody in a in a in a polis, a church, a family, a household um, that we can have very passionate 
political disagreements, but those are secondary to Jesus' followings. Because here's the thing I really want to get at, Bonnie and Tim. And I know, you, I know you disagree with this, at least how I say this, Bonnie, so please push back on it. Okay. But, but it, it seems to me that at the root of, of some of our uh, political um, passion um, is the fact that we don't actually trust that Jesus' ways kind of work and win in the world. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is there's so much writing on who is in the White House and who is on the Supreme Court and who is in Congress. And there's so much writing on all of the political rhetoric. Uh, that we, we can't help but be discipled by it all in a direction that does nothing but reinforce uh, the way the world works instead of challenge it and embody a better way. And so, um, so for me to sit, like to believe that the way of reconciliation, that the way of forgiveness, that the way of humility, that the way of giving up my rights and not claiming them, that the way of being gracious to those people who I cannot stand, the, the way of blessing those who persecute Christians and me, um, that that way, that the slow, subtle way of the kingdom is actually going to work. Because mm. I, I, I'm so energized around, we've got to do this or our country's in trouble, and we've got to do that and our country's in trouble. And we're heading for this war. I mean, even read some Christian commentators saying, we're heading for a war. Um, if Trump loses his his you know, people will riot. And if he wins, others will riot. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe that happens. But the, right. the church of Jesus should, should be not at all in any way, shape or form a part of those conversations. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, so I feel I like do. there's a deep repentance that has to go on in the church, not just a lament, but a deep repentance, at least for me, as I sit and I say, how do I live in a way that doesn't just embody the fracture and the noise of the world? You know mm. what I mean? That says, yeah. that says, um, uh, I, 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 if I'm ever seated across from a white nationalist, I don't get to slap them and I don't get to throw something at them. <laughs> right. I don't get to, I just don't get to do that. Um, now if they're shooting people, I will do, you know, in the name of Jesus, uh, and I know nonviolent pacifists will disagree, but I think there is a place for um, restraining evil. Uh, but but if I'm sitting next to somebody or if they're spewing hate to somebody, I'm absolutely going to speak up. Absolutely going to speak up. I just, Nietzsche had this great quote, and it just comes to mind whenever I watch and listen to these political conversations. He, he says, and he says it way more old Englishy than I'm going to say it. But beware <laughs> when fighting the dragon, lest you become the dragon you're fighting. Mm. And I've always thought that's what Jesus is warning against. Yes, of right. course, be politically active. Yes, of course, make your, we, we are privileged to live in a place where our voice is encouraged. Hallelujah. Do that. But in your doing it, if we just become, right, just reflections and mirrors of the political cemented fossilized positions of our culture, then we've, right. we've done nothing to bring the be to represent or bring the beauty and majesty of Jesus uh, further into the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I don't mean, do you agree? I just mean like, was that coherent? Because <laughs> previous attempts maybe lacked some coherence. So 
Anyway, Bonnie, Tim, anything you guys want to add before we close? Yeah, I want to say one thing. I um, I don't disagree with what you said there. I think it's, I love you for this, but I think it's a little too idealistic. But also, I've been known to be called a pessimist, so <laughs> that could be my problem. Um, but there's one thing I do want to add, um, because like, I loved our, what you said about like, if you were sitting down next to somebody that you hated or that you disagreed with, um, because that in and of itself is totally subversive, right? Yes. 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 And I mean, and part of it is like ending racism, ending hate, ending any of these things we talk about starts first in our homes and in our neighborhoods. And so, Boom. you know, we have to do that. So I love, I loved that. Um, but I also want to just throw this in there. So, like, Do I remember, it. I think this is, like, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, you preached at Rock Harbor. And I've heard so many sermons, podcasts, everything, and this one has stuck for me. Whoa. Because I know. I know. I'm, thrilled that, I'm thrilled that one did. <laughs> at least I mean, that's, one. Okay, at least I one, though. Probably more. Um, but <laughs> the reason why it stuck so hard is because – it changed things for me. It mm. reoriented things for me. And what you said was, you said when people people are always viewing God's um, God's wrath and God's love, and what we assume is that um, consequences when when we're behaving a certain way and consequences happen that that's God's wrath. Right. You know, and we've heard that so many times. Like, oh, they had we had a flood because this city is this way or whatever it is. Right. And that's God's wrath. And what you said was, no, th when he intervenes, that's actually his love. Yeah. And the truth is, is something that's going through my head is that someone who's a white nationalist or someone who hates white nationalists um, in terms of like and becomes the dragon, but somebody who is hating people so much that they are shooting people up and doing these things, they're living in their own type of hell. Right. Right. Like already. every single day. Already, yep. They're already there. Yeah. And so when yep. we aren't passive and when we step in. And when we do something, whether it be with our vote or our voice or whatever it is, we are intervening. And what if that is the love? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. we aren't becoming the dragon. We are saying, hey, we're stopping this hell both in you because I see you as an image bearer and you don't have to live this way. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And the hell that is then being experienced from the rest of us. Absolutely. No, oh, I love that, Bonnie. Yes. Yes. I, that's all I have to say. I agree. As you guys have said several times. <laughs> no, that's, that's so good. I agree with my own sermon. Excellent. You should. You should. <laughs> it's not true. That's not true of all of them, but that's true of that one for sure. That one's good. I mean, I just think, because like you said, if we can view and go, oh my gosh, they're living in their own type of hell. I think to your point, it makes loving our enemies, it reframes that. And it makes it easier because it doesn't make it passive. Right. It still makes it actionable and it still makes it stopping things that are spreading death and hatred and dying. But it also says you are living in your own type of hell and I want you are an image bearer and I want to stop you from living in that way because that's God has more for you. You know what Absol I mean? So oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That and 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 again, this doesn't this way of being doesn't mean we're passive far from it. We're actually right. super active in this, but it's, but it's coming from a, a center, a heart place 
that says that at, at the end of the day, there's a cliched saying I've heard so many times, at the end of the day, that, um, that the inevitable and inexorable uh, movements of the kingdom is not dependent upon me getting my political way. And, um, and, and again, that doesn't mean we're not passionate or not active. Um, it, it just means that we're doing it as a citizen of another kingdom, right? That we're, yeah. that, 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 and, and, and so I don't know. I just think in, in this conversation, Jesus would come and he would invite us all to repent, but we'd mm-hmm. all be called to repent from different things. And yeah. nobody, nobody gets off without, um, you know, without a call to an invitation to put off um, the old way of doing things and to put on something new. And now that doesn't mean we don't condemn stuff. Of course, we have. We will. We absolutely must. Uh, it just means, though, that that I'm still the biggest sinner in the room. And um, that there were, like, I was once um, uh, at a fireworks display when I lived in Ohio years and years ago. I think it was in high school. And I was with me and two buddies. We were all white. And we walked through a crowd at this big 4th of July fireworks thing in Columbus. And we were jumped by three, by, by, by I don't know, it was probably like 10, 11, 12 young black men. And they had canes and whips and chains. And they just started, as we were walking through, they just started wailing on us. And, um, and obviously it hurt. Obviously we ran. Uh, the good news is that there were police kind of on every corner. And so we just ran right, right to them. We didn't endure this for very long, but there was a, a while in my young heart where I would get really fidgety. Um, if I were ever, um, in a crowd and, um, and, and I was around like a lot of black people. I just quite honestly, like I was, I, I just had this, like this nervousness and, um, and so Jesus has been so gracious over the course of years, you know, to not only have me repent from that, but to, um, but to come to a place now where, um, you know, like in all white churches, uh, boring and hor- horrible and, and, um, um, man, what was I saying? Where was I going with this? This was like a deep story. And I, 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 I you're talking about uh, being the biggest sinner in the room. Yes. Thank you, Bonnie. You rescued yeah. it. You rescued the podcast again. <laughs> and so, so when I'm going to jump on people for racism, um, like there's a legitimate, like I have to say, you know what? There have been times like, um, I remember when I first moved from Ohio to Southern California and I'm used to all white people and shockingly Southern California, LA County was not all white people. And I was super intimidated and super scared. This was just after the Rodney King riots way back in the nineties. And I was, you know, I was just freaked out about everything. And, and so, so anytime, like I'm talking about stuff like this, that I still, I still have to go before the Lord and say, Lord, and, and maybe more recent stuff I'm not even aware of. Um, I still have to go before the Lord and say, Lord, this is true of me. You know, I've, I've had to work through, um, my own sort of automatic filters. Um, I, you know, and, and I, I feel like, um, so anytime I'm just wanting to jump on, um, 
even a group, you know, there's still that check in me that's like, yeah, but crap, I've, I've, I maybe haven't thought all the way there, but there have been moments in my dark heart that I've had other thoughts. And, um, and so I don't know, it just, it, it seems like you can come to a conversation about stuff like this from a whole different place. If that's, if that's kind of what you're carrying into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Should we yeah. even air this story? I don't even know. Um, but, but that biggest center, the biggest center in the room thing is really, it really haunts me. Um, mm-hmm. because I was flipping through the Sermon on the Mount today and, and it just confronts me, you know, I mean, I was, I was intending on reading it as an indictment on Christians that are lame and I <laughs> was just super indicted by it. You know what I mean? Which is, yeah. which is what we talk about. So anyway, all right, Seth, come here. Seth has been waiting patiently. <laughs> On the stairs. Do you want to say hi to Mr. Tim? Hi. And hi, Miss Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. So, Seth, uh, what do yeah. we want to do? Do we do we want to end the podcast by singing a song? Yes. What song do you want to sing? Fox say. What does the fox say? Yes. Okay. Um, evidently, this is going to be our benediction. <laughs> Seth. Seth loves this song, so let me let me. Um, Definitely. Yeah, we'll do it on Daddy's phone, and but I want you to sing along with it, okay? Yeah, with Dad. I'll sing it with you, absolutely. Yeah, with this, Tim. this is well, Tim. I don't know that Tim knows this song. Yeah. There it is. All right, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Now this, this is a Seth and Mike special. Can you guys hear that? A little bit, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Ready? Let's go. You gotta sing it. Dogs go moo. Cat goes meow, bluebird goes sweet, and sweet. Cat goes moo, cat goes slow, and the elephant goes toot, and fish go blow. Ow, ow, ow. Sing it. No one knows. Sing it. What did the fox say? <laughs> the fox say, Fellas, the fox say. All right. Oh, hallelujah. We're done. As Tim is looking up the legal ramifications for. <laughs> yeah. For rocket ship. For a rocket ship. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, do you want to say goodbye to the Vox? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any disagreements, any concerns, please email Tim at <laughs> voxpodcast.com. Yes, they're coming on the podcast. Shaky heart. I will say goodbye. Thank you. Bye. All right, uh, Voxers, this has been a totally eventful evening for your three, uh, your trinity of hosts. And um, the Lord the Lord of hosts. Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been weird. So anyway, yeah. uh, Tim's going to try to make, make something of this. We love him, and uh, we love you guys. I love Poppy. And we love Poppy. I love Pops. I love the Pops. I love the Pops. <laughs> Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.